Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. Like everything else, partnerships have their pros and cons. Partnering with another designer can be a great way to grow your business. However, many business partnerships eventually fizzle out or fail. So what does it take to create a successful business partnership? And how do you sustain it? And what could a partner bring to your business? Our guests today are interior designers, Christy Barber and Christy Spingle, co-founders and partners of the award-winning Barber Spingle Design located in High Point, North Carolina. For the past 21 years, they've created a completely different kind of workplace. Together, they've created a studio that nourishes professional growth, lifts the limits off of creative exploration, and honors each contributor as a human being leading an important individual life. So let me tell you a little bit about these two amazing women. Christy Barber is a designer, dreamer, innovator, mother, and a founding partner of Barber Single Design, but not necessarily in that order. Recipient of numerous awards, including ADAC's Southeast Designer of the Year, Christy is best known for her clean, sophisticated mix of classic and modern pieces, resulting in elegant yet comfortable interiors. She developed her refined aesthetic through years of extensive travel, including exposure to the finest art, architecture, and interiors around the world. Christy's community passion project means that she is founder and lead visionary behind the highly successful 501c3 organization High Point Discovered, where she shares her passion for the best that her home, High Point, has to offer. Since its inception, High Point Discovered's mission has been to communicate the stories of High Point, connecting the community to catalyze the city's growth. And through it, she captures the heart and soul of a city full of immense creativity. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Christy Spangle. Christy Spangle has an eye for the creative combined with a laser-focused mind for driving results. Her primary responsibility at Barbara Spangle Design is to generate results, leading and managing the team, running the day-to-day aspects of the business, project management, and executing the business plan. Her design projects have included retail stores, corporate offices, multifamily housing units, clubhouses, and showroom design. Spingle is a graduate of Randolph Community College with over 30 years experience in the design field. Christy has received numerous local and national design awards for outstanding projects and has been recognized for her efforts in the design community. And Christy is actively involved in her community, various nonprofit organizations, and local government. She currently serves on the board of the Bernice Bienenstock Furniture Library, where she spearheaded the overhaul of the Bernice Bienenstock Furniture Library Interior Design Competition in 2012, transforming it from a small local contest to a national competition, providing thousands of dollars in scholarship funding to design students. Christy is currently the chair and lead judge for this competition. And in addition, she sits in on various school portfolio reviews to help students develop a strong portfolio for job interviews upon entering the marketplace.
Well, Christy and Christy, it's so good to see you. And we're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Um, and I'd love to start off with just um, learning a little bit about your background and how you got started in design. So, uh, Christy Barber, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure, I would love to. Um, growing up in High Point, I was exposed to the furniture industry at a young age. Went to school at Virginia Tech and earned my design degree and came back here and um, immediately went to work in the photography industry doing set design, which is as they call it, Little Hollywood, and you learn a lot in a very short amount of time and was there for less than a year and then started working for a designer here in town doing showroom design and commercial office design and kind of went from there. So I feel like I got a really solid ground in terms of a foundation of business and um, showroom and commercial design. And then that was all used to help us succeed to great heights here. I love it. And for you, Christy Spingle? Uh, yeah. So when I was in high school, we had a family friend uh, from our farm who was an interior designer, and she invited me to work with her over the summer while I was in school, high school. And um, I got to travel with her a bit and got exposed to the showroom design world, which was very interesting to me. So I went to college, um, graduated. She hired me. I had the pleasure of working with her for 12 years. I was exposed to every aspect of the company from actual design work, working with clients, um, internal processes, accounts receivable, accounts payable, just kind of everything. So I really gained a lot of knowledge just around the business side of um, the interior design industry as well. And then, um, like I said, worked with her for a while. And then Christy and I met and it's history. And it's 20, how many years now? 21. 21, 21 years. years. Wow, that is amazing. Well, I love the, the relationship that the two of you have, not just as friends, but the way that you balance each other out because Christy Spangle, you, you have such a great understanding of the numbers, not that Christy Barber doesn't, but for sure that's your, your sweet spot in the business. So how did you get that interest? I think it's probably just a natural strength. I was always that kid that loved math and didn't love English so much. Um, and then, like I said, you know, my previous employer, I was given the opportunity to be very involved in her business. So that was a lot of things that I was able to experience that I, it wasn't in my education in school. So I think it's just a natural strength, mm. thankfully. What do you think really makes a great partnership between two people that are both designers, but a little bit of a different perspective on the business. So what makes it work for you? Oh, I think it's just that we are, um, in a lot of ways, Christy and I are very, very much the same. We have the same work ethic. We have the same morals. Um, we ha share a lot of the same goals and dreams. But on the flip side of that, there are parts of us that couldn't be more opposite. And the things that are my strengths might not be hers and her strengths definitely are not mine. And so I think we just are a good blend and we bring, you know, we bring individual things to the table, which we both depend on. I depend on her for her strengths. And I'm, I'm thankful that, that it's worked out that way for both of us. Well, it doesn't always work out for people to be partners. And um, that's why I think it's amazing that 21 years later, you're still going strong. And the two of you together are, are amazing as a team. 
So what would you recommend to people who are interested in having a partnership? What should they think about? What they what should they discuss prior to becoming partners? And maybe as you go along, of course, things change. So what are the conversations you need to continue to have as you progress in the business? So I'll start with Christy Barber. Well, I think, um, first of all, you've got to have a really sound, solid foundation of a relationship of some sort. I cannot imagine going into a partnership with someone that you don't know. Uh, fortunately for Christy and I, we, had, we started as very good friends. We were friends long before we were partners. And that helped us understand what Christy said makes our partnership work. We knew that we had strong moral values that were in line with one another, that we had the same work ethic that we had a lot of similar business and life goals. And so that really helped create, again, that really solid foundation. And then from there, we were able to talk about more than just being friends, but actually being partners. Her sweet dad gave us some of the best advice that we ever received. And I I quote him for this all the time as he said, if you guys are going to make a go of this, you really need to treat it like a marriage. There are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. You're going to fight about money. You're going to fight about all types of things. And and sometimes in in some ways, you're never going to get some of the benefits that you have in married life. So you've really got to go into this knowing that there's going to be good days and bad days and that you're in it for the long haul through thick and through thin. And so that's been uh, an an ever-ending mantra that's been for us. Christy and I have had years that it's been very tough for us personally. And, you know, when, when that happens, the other one supports one another. We've had um, days or weeks where things have been really difficult here at the office and we support one another there. And, um, you know, we are part of EOS. We, we abide to that mindset. And so we have same page meetings every Monday and that helps us reset. Are we on the same page? Do we believe in, in one another? And ultimately, it all boils down to trust. So if you do not have trust, you're never going to have a partnership that's going to last. And even my parents advised against this because they had both been in partnerships through business that did not work. So they were really not proponents of this. They're now the biggest proponent of Christy ever. It's like when you get married and your parents like your spouse better. That's kind of like what it is with Christy. (laughs) Well, Christy Sangle, what do you think about that? And what are some of the things that you would recommend to people who are considering partnerships? Yeah, I just, I think, you know, uh, open communication is, is key. You have to be able to, you know, talk about things and, and share things. And you have to, you know, understand that you, you, you don't always see eye to eye. And there are times where um, I might feel very strongly about something. But if Christy really questions me, then I'm, I'm willing to see her viewpoint. And there are some times where she is so adamant about, about something that I think, you know what, I have to trust her. I have to trust her judgment on this and go with it. So it does go back to the trust that, that Christy spoke of in the beginning. And I think also you have to always just be open to change because the way we've run our business from where we started 21 years ago and where we are now is very different. We tried certain structures between the two of us, responsibilities. It might have worked for a while, but it didn't work in the long run. And so we were just open to being, um, you know, willing to look at things from a different perspective, make changes as you go and, and just, you know, ebb and flow with what comes down the path and what requires of you next. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I love that fact that it sounds like you both definitely listen to each other, right? That's such an important element of a partnership. And how do you continue to keep clear communication between the two of you and then extend to your team members? I know you mentioned the same page meetings, but do you have any other just tips or tricks that you guys use as far as communication? I'd say that one of the things that we do is, um, you know, we're a fan of Asana. You guys are actually the ones that opened that door for us years ago. And we actually have an Asana page that's dedicated just to the two of us where we're able to keep track of information and topics that need to be addressed because Christy and I, interestingly enough, don't get a lot of time together. And I'm sure you guys experience very similar. <laughs> and so when, our, when we do have time together, we want to make sure that we take advantage of it and we get the best use out of it as we can. So by having a tool that helps us put thoughts, random as they may come, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, we put them in that particular location so that when the time comes, we can have conversations about that. So I, for me, I think that was a turning point when we started doing that. The same page meeting just supports that that much better. Um, I find that it has reduced our method of communication via email and even phone calls sometimes because more often than not, a discussion that the two of us need to have is high level enough and kind of big vision enough that it can take place once a week. And it, we, it, it has eliminated like those little pricks of time throughout the week where we used to talk about things all throughout the week. And it's probably made us a much more efficient partnership in, um, in doing that. That's great. You know, um, the, I know that there's a lot of big ideas that happen in business and you guys um, definitely always have big things happening over at Barbara Spingle and with High Point Discovered. So how do you handle it when one of you has a big idea that you really want to get out there and you really want to have considered? Do you have a a process for that? Um, Is there usually one of you that has more big ideas than the other? Um, I'm, you know, I have my own big ideas, but Gil is probably 10 times to my one big idea a day. So um, how do you guys go about that? I, I can speak to the how, how we do it. Um, so uh, this has been fairly recently, but we've had someone introduce to us something called StageGate. And basically it's um, certain criteria that a big idea has to meet in order to go to the next uh, phase. Because we were told a lot by some of our team members that there's just so much and we're throwing so much out there and it's too, too confusing and all this kind of thing. And so Christy and I use this stage gate so that we, we meet, there's certain questions we ask, certain criteria it has to meet before it moves on to the next level. And just because something might not get to the next level doesn't mean it's not a great idea. We just kind of table it for a while. It might be a great idea, but not for now. That might be next year or a couple years down the road. So that's been hugely helpful. And just organizing the the process and not throwing too many things out at the team and overwhelming them and confusing them, which I think we were doing before. So that's been a, a huge help. If I may layer onto that, I would just say um, to Christy's point, they it was like information and idea overload. Uh, we, as as both visionary thinking, tend to have those big ideas, Aaron, that you mentioned and that we know Gail is full of, and, <laughs> but we also tended to just talk about them out loud. And that's one of the things that we've learned through coaching is you just, that you, there are certain time, certain people, certain amounts of information. So you have to be really disciplined in how you share that information. So StageGate has allowed us to do that. And the other thing, just going back to your early qu- earlier question about partnerships. 
is it's also helped us to embrace ideas because what we figured out is I very much live in stage zero and stage one where it's more like idea generation, but not how do we do it. Christy is great at the idea generation, but she's even better at like, how do we do it? And what are the steps that we need to take? And what we found prior to StageGate is I might have an idea and and she was immediately asking me like 10 questions about how's it going to be done and what's it going to be impact and all these questions that I couldn't answer. And ultimately, I would end up maybe walking away from ideas because I couldn't answer them. And now it's given us a tool to communicate where if I have an idea and Christy starts asking those kinds of questions, I can say, I don't have to have those answers right now. Like right now, we just need to decide if it's a good idea and then go to stage one and, and answer those questions and move forward. And same thing with, with me, with her. So it goes in both directions and it keeps us accountable to one another. And it also prevents us from losing good ideas. So like Christy mentioned, it might not be a good idea right now, but it might be a great idea in two years. So at least we're, we're capturing that information. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it, Gail? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really familiar. We don't have quite the 21 years. We just have 16, but but we can relate to that. And it does take um, a lot of discipline to not move forward on some ideas when you really want to do it as as a visionary and it's not appropriate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's hard to say no to yourself. (laughs) Well, I think that just definitely a key point that you shared too is what you're sharing with your team and when, right? Mm Because it's so easy to get excited about something and like, this is such a great idea and this is going to do this for the company and let's let's go and like, let's just keep talking about it. And like, I've had that happen with our team too, where all of a sudden you just see them kind of like their energy levels going down as yours is shooting up, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're like, we don't know what this means. And our plates are already full. So I love the fact that you are um, having that discipline factor on the communication of it as well. Well, I have to bring up something that I thought was really interesting. We, of course, do these little questionnaires prior to our um, podcast so that we can understand a little bit more about what is on the inside. And I just would love to ask both of you this question. What is the biggest challenge you've overcome? Christy Barber, I'll start with you. I did think long and hard about this one. I feel like my life has been riddled with challenges. So to identify the biggest one was really, that was a challenge in and of itself. But ultimately, I came to the conclusion that it was acknowledging myself as a business leader and appreciating the qualities that I bring to the table for that contribution. And why is that, was that so hard for you to come to? That gets pretty deep, (laughs) maybe with some therapy along with it. I would say one of the things I have discovered um, through some work that I've done over the last year is that lifelong, this this started in childhood, I'm a hyperachiever. And part, part of being a hyperachiever is you don't acknowledge your success and you don't appreciate what you've done because by the time you get there, you're already on to the next thing. And so it's like constantly jumping to the next goal, to the next mile marker, to the next achievement. And so um, it wasn't until I really kind of took some time to slow down and look at what my life includes and the, the things that I'm involved in and the things that are happening here that I realized that that was actually the case. And it's, it's taken a lot of time and um, self-grace to be able to appreciate that. Well, it's interesting that you both mentioned leadership too. And, and Christy, would you like to share your answer about that? Sure. I was going to say the same thing. We didn't, we didn't share our answers. Before mm-hmm. this, so that's <laughs> quite interesting. I think it's a continual challenge. 
for me to be the best leader that I can be. And I think that it's ongoing. And I don't know that that's anything that you ever accomplish completely because leadership um, styles change, people change, um, personalities, you know, you lead different personalities in different ways. And, um, you know, just like most designers, we have a degree in interior design. I don't have a leadership degree. I was not taught how to do this. And so in the very beginning of running our company, it was a, well, I don't know, let's just do it this way or let's just do it that way or, or just whatever came out of my mouth at the moment, you know, and it was really no, no education or knowledge behind it. And so over the years, we've developed and we've worked hard on our leadership skills so that we can be the best leaders because right now, Christy and I are growing a, growing a company and we want to continue to grow it and we want to grow it with leaders. We don't always want to be the leader. We want them to, to come up in the company and, you know, become even better leaders than we are. So it's just an ongoing challenge that we just have to continue to do. And a lot of it is, like Christy said, self-reflection. And um, when you look at that, that's, that takes a while. And it takes a while to figure out why you are the leader that you are and how you can use your strengths and your abilities to lead people in a, in a better way or in a more exciting or promoting way that you can. So I think it's just ongoing. I don't think it's something that I ever want to just say, okay, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Well, how about the, the teaching that leadership to your team? How are you imparting that knowledge to them? I think a lot of it is um, by example. That's one thing that, that we try to do with our, the culture of our company, a lot of that, a lot of our leadership is based around our company culture. And so I think on a daily basis is just being a good example, getting them involved, explaining to them the why, explaining them to them the how, and then supporting them through it and making them, you know, helping them understand that we're not perfect even still. And we don't expect them to be, but we want to continue to help them grow and, um, and learn more. Do you see why I love my business partner? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. So um, I love how transparent you are up front, especially in your hiring process with your culture. And can you just talk a little bit about where that came from and, and what that has gotten you in sharing your culture up front and who you're hiring and who you're building as leaders in your company? I would love to where it started. It's been an evolutionary process. And just like with leadership, it will never be complete. It continues to get better. It continues to morph. It continues to change and evolve. And it will as long as we're here running this company. And I would like to think that the leaders that continue this company beyond our time will continue to improve as well. Uh, We have a very defined what we call company ethos. People call it values, their culture, whatever the buzzword is. Interestingly enough, it started years ago, way before culture became this buzzword in the industry. Initially, we looked for what, what qualities our clients appreciated and liked in us. Um, with using EOS, we learned that we really needed to look at the qualities that we love in our team. And that's an exercise that you go through with EOS. We did that. We identified six areas that we feel like we really excel in. So this is not aspirational company ethos. This is who we are. We live and breathe this every day. 
And so that we feel like is important, especially when we're bringing someone in. We have 14 women here. We would love to have um, gentlemen come and join our crew. But until then, we are an all-female company. And as we all know, running companies, it's difficult to have all, all females in one roof and everybody on the same song sheet, so to speak. And having this company ethos has actually allowed us to do that without any drama. And that's what we love about um, having the, everybody buy into it. And so we were advised probably at a boardroom event with some speaker to scare away any potential job candidates. And I remember thinking, why would we scare anyone away? We're always looking for great quality people. But now, you know, as we've risen up as leaders and we have a little bit of clarity, you know, you're not down in, in the woods anymore. You're up on the mountaintop or halfway up and you can start to see better. We now see why you want to scare people away. And that's because you don't want someone who does not believe and buy into your culture. And so our interview process is very much value driven. From the very first interview, we start talking about values. We ask questions that are value based. We provide um, a written document that talks about our culture and who we are and the history and things that our team has said about working here. We provide that to the job candidate. We've done videos about what our culture is so that the candidate can watch them. And all of these things combined, if you don't really appreciate what we love about our company, you're probably not going to be a good fit here. And that's okay. We want to know that before you waste your time and we waste our time. And that's why we're so transparent about it during that hiring process. And what we have found is it leads to amazing quality of of, um employees. They are immediately engaged and they immediately understand and jump right in and get involved because they know it coming into it. It's not something that they're learning after the fact. And it's so challenging because you're not in a big city. You're in a small town. Mm -hmm. And so for you to have that clarity about what you're doing, and of course you won an award for being best place to work, as I recall. And so uh, congratulations on that. And I think that just uh, speaks really well to the fact that you two are so aligned in the way that you operate your business and you're aligned in terms of what you expect and want of other people that are part of your culture. Mm -hmm. So good. Great job. What are some ways that you guys recognize and celebrate your culture within your team? Well, we, we have um, monthly awards where we have a, a beautiful jar that has all of our statements on, um, painted on it, hand painted. And throughout the month, people drop a name in the jar if they see someone really exhibiting the quality of our culture and they want to give them a shout out. Um, the first week of the month, we always pull from that. The person with the most nominations wins a gift card to a local company because we're all about supporting local. Um, we've got an annual award where we do that. We've got, I mean, there's so many ways that we celebrate it on a daily, weekly, monthly, and annual basis. And it's because it's who we are. And it's so fun to be like in a lunch and somebody goes, you know, that's a relationship first mindset right there. You know, they, they just embody who we are. It's not anything that has to be taught. And that's what's really rewarding as a business owner to hear your team talk like that, because that's who ma- that's what makes us who we are. And, and the great thing is, Christy and I started as two people in my garage, you know, just, just trying to do what we loved every day. And now to have a company of 14 and soon to be more, it's just really rewarding to see people who really understand 
the heart of where we started just as the two of us. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you had a chance to do it all over again, what would that be? Chrissy Spingle, I'll let you go ahead and start. Um, that's really hard to think about in my just life in general. There have been a lot of things that I might not have been happy with the outcome. But when I think about that question, ultimately, I think that I wouldn't do anything over again. I think that I have done a fairly good job of learning from my mistakes and becoming a better person because of them. So oftentimes, I think had I not possibly made a mistake, then where would I be now? So I I can't really think of anything that I would completely do over again. Okay. And Chrissy Barber. Well, That was such a poignant answer. I wish I could say that I had that much clarity in life to say I wouldn't do it over again, but I did. I said there were a couple of things I would do, Um, one of which was hiring you guys, a business coach, early, early, early on in the business to save um, some of the heartache. Uh, I agree with Christy. You have to learn from your mistakes and every mistake is an opportunity. And that's the way we've, we've always approached it. But you all made such an impact on our business. We would be remiss without acknowledging that because it was a tremendous win for us to get connected with you. So we appreciate that. And another one would be to give myself more grace. Um, again, going back to that hyperachiever status, it's, it's, I have very high expectations of myself, which has made for, um, if I was a regretful person, it would probably make for some regretful moments in the last 20 plus years, but I'm not. So I, I have learned from those and moved on, but I would love to give myself grace at 20 years ago and beyond. Mm, so nice. Well, let's talk about inspiration. And most of all, I'd like to know who inspires you the most. And I'll start with Christy Barber. This one took a nanosecond to think of, and um, it's someone that I lovingly refer to as mom. It's my grandmother. She was such an inspiration on so many levels. Let's see. She was, I always say she was light years ahead of her time. She had a full career and um, raised a house full of girls as a single mom. She was widowed at a very early age out of her almost one month shy of 101 years. Wow. She was only married 11. So she was single, you know, a very large part of her life. She managed to travel to every continent in the globe. So now you guys know where my passion for travel is. (laughs) And um, she just inspires me to be a better version of myself. I have a picture of her hanging in my den. And she's just got these cool cat, huge glasses and this black and white checkered dress. And she's literally in a dress climbing over rubble at Roman ruins. I mean, she was just the coolest chick ever. And I wish I could have been her age and watched her through her life. Mm, that would have been so fun. Mm-hmm. How about you, Christy? My parents were my biggest. They were really the ones that growing up, they gave me the can-do attitude that I have now. Anytime I ever wanted to do something, try something, had an idea, they were always there to, yeah, let's do it. Let's give it a try. So um, they, were, they were big. They were always there. Um, you know, in my failures to pick me up and dust me off and tell me it's okay and to keep going and in my successes to celebrate with me. So um, they, they just were hugely inspirational for me. That's so great. They were great people. 
who's inspiring you right now design-wise? I'd love to know that. For me, that would not be who, but what. I'm, I'm not necessarily driven by a particular designer. I think there's a lot of great designers out there doing good work. Um, but I have always been more inspired by places and things, art, um, my travel, um, different things like that. Museums, architecture, those are the things that inspire me. And how about you, Chrissy Single? Yeah, I, think, I think kind of the same. I'm not a big um, trend follower. It's never been my style. Um, I get a lot of design inspiration just from the outdoors, as you guys know. I love to be outdoors and in the natural environment, and I think there's just a lot there. And another thing that really inspires me is our team. They're they're just amazing, and they bring things. When I look at some of the projects that they're working on, I, I'm blown away. You know, um, I, I don't know where where they get their inspiration from, but it's it, it's it's really amazing. So I just I just love seeing what they're bringing to the company and bringing to our projects, and I'm very 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 proud of them. Well, one thing I really admire about both of you too is you have a big heart for philanthropy, giving back, and I'd love a little, to know a little bit more about High Point Discovered, how that came about, and what's coming about with that in the next few years ahead. Well, I remember sharing our story about High Point Discovered one day or one night sitting across the table from you two in Denver, which was really fun. Um, High Point Discovered is really a passion project. I called it in its very infancy stages, our love letter to High Point. Um, This is a great city. And those of us who are in the industry know even more so than some of our locals what a great city this is. It is full of creative inspiration and wonderful, wonderful resources. And so um, High Point for a long time really kind of had some hard knocks between the furniture industry, the hosiery industry, the tobacco industry, just a lot of things really didn't go right for a while for the city. And that left its mark for quite some time. And what we were witnessing is um, things were starting to happen. People were starting to invest, but the locals here actually You know, when you see something every day, you don't actually notice the change in it. And that was what was happening here. Things were changing, but the locals weren't actually noticing. And so this started as an idea around my kitchen table with the kids one night talking about how can we get people to notice. So we started an anonymous Instagram page that went crazy almost instantaneously. Uh, Fast forward about 18 months later, we decided to take our blog time and um, space on our website and create a blog that was dedicated just to High Point and telling the story of High Point, communicating the message of High Point, that um, we tapped into the same name, High Point Discovered, that grew even more exponentially. And it got to the point where Christy and I were supporting this 100% on our own because we believe in it. We believe in the city and the community that's given so much to us. And ultimately, we decided we had to do something in order to make sure it was sustainable long-term. So in 2019, in late 2019, we applied for 501c3 status. In May of 2020, we received it right in the middle of quarantine, which was very nice. Yay. Um, We now have an unbelievable board of really incredible people around the city. And we are in full-blown fundraising efforts now to do some really incredible things for the city. We just received a grant to create a magazine for the city. So we're doing some really wonderful things. We're telling stories. 
and we're able to educate not just our community, but our industry and, and everyone that has interest in their eyes on this beautiful city on the hill to learn more about it. I just love the stories that come along with that. Just going over to your feed and being able to see the different artisans and different business owners. And you can just see that like the way you've captured them both in their story and even in the photography that you're using, it's special. There's something special about it. It's made its mark. Great. And um, that's been really fun to watch. I always get excited when I see your high point discovered emails come through and I kind of save them for when I, um, when I have a minute to, to get to read something that I I know that I'll really enjoy. So thank you. Great that you've shared that with us. We want them to be a bright spot in everyone's day. And we, we hear from people who have been in this community their entire life. And my favorite emails are, I loved today's story. I had no idea this, this person existed or this business existed. So, you know, educating people who have been there and been here all their lives is really, it's been a very fun part of what we do. I love that. So let's zoom into the future 10 years. Where do you guys see um, where you're at in the future? What have you accomplished? Who are you? What are you doing? We're always um, interested to see what that 10 year vision is. I can, I can speak to that. Um, we, Christy and I, over the last several years, have really been working hard to create a company that is sustainable without us at some point in time. And that goes back to some of the conversation we had previously about leadership. And so we, um, we're, we're working to build the team. We are starting to, like Christy said, we, are, um, we work on the EOS model. And so we are looking internally at who do we have now that might come up in the company as a visionary or an integrator? What does that look like? Ultimately, you know, in 10 years, Christy and I would like to be sitting in that owner's box, you know, on the top, watching a company that we worked really, really hard the majority of our life to build and watching it thrive and watching the designers and the other people that work here thrive and grow and continue to provide for our city. And um, ultimately, that, that would just be amazing. So that's what I would love to see happen. We're on track for it. I have, I, I've seen no reason why we can't get there. Mm. How about you, Christy Barber? I took a little bit more self-reflection in this question. So I would say, you know, one of them, in 10 years, my children will be, both be adults, which mm. is crazy to think. And, you know, first and foremost to me is in 10 years, I want to be able to look at it and you know, know that they believe that I've been a good mother and I've given them the tools they need to go on and live really amazing lives on their own. As Christy said, I want this company to be in a position where we have, we both have the opportunity to step away. And I think that's important for us to recharge and, and reboot so that when we do come back, we step away and step back in that we're that much better to be leaders and owners of the company. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to recharging and contributing at a higher level when we can do that, because there's a difference of working, you know, in the business and on the business as it grows, but then being able to step away and step back. And Gail, I know that you're a big proponent of, of recharging those batteries. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think some of that extra time will allow me to really focus on our efforts at High Point Discovered and continue to propel that organization to a higher level at that point as well. I think that's a great part of, um, well, you had been in boardroom for five years. So 
um, that is one of our goals always is to help the companies that are following us to find that, that path and that something else they can do for other people. And I'm just so proud of both of you. And I know Christy Spangle, you've got your own little heart um, centered cause as well. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Sure. It's, um, it's really um, something that it stems from my childhood, my, my, um, my raising for the most part, growing up on a, a farm where we, you know, literally grew or raised about everything that we consumed. That was just a really big part of who I was. And several years ago, um, the High Point area was um, one of the most underserved food communities in the United States. And when I heard that, it just kind of floored me. I, I couldn't imagine because I went without things when I was young, but I never went without food. I couldn't imagine going to bed with an empty stomach or being hungry or anything like that. So my passion is really just about helping people, educating people on how to grow their own food, educating people on how to cook healthy so the food goes to the nourishment of their bodies. Um, I love to grow. Um, I have a large garden. I love to take an abundance of food to the homeless shelter and um, to the, the local markets so that I can just contribute and feeding the people. So it's, it's just an internal passion that I have. It's also a hobby that mm. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing. And it's also a stress reliever because there's nothing like going to the garden and hanging out and it's quiet. And sometimes I listen to Philip Allen's Christmas music in the middle of the summer. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, that one of the other things that is so wonderful is you're at that stage of your business where you're beyond business. You are doing things that are outside of the business and it's because your business has been successful. And to me, that's one of the biggest goals is to have a successful business. So it supports your life and you can have that ripple effect and affect other people and support all those causes and passion projects that you have. So it's really great to see that you've done that. And it's been so great watching your transition over the years and your growth. It's been amazing. So thank you for that, Gail, because you are really the one that, you know, you were the one that told us from the very beginning that we have to take care of ourselves first. And that is so hard because we're so dedicated to our team. But I think over the years, Christy and I have realized that if we're not healthy, we can't have a healthy company. So mm-hmm. that was that was all lessons learned from you. Oh, Absolutely. You. Well, we really appreciate you being on our podcast today. And we'd love to do what we always do. And that's end with three takeaways to share with our listeners so they can apply it to their business. And I think we had many of those. It's going to be hard to cut to three. One of my first takeaways would be, what we discussed about having a a good, strong trust in our partnership. I think that's the foundation. And without trust, it would have been impossible for Christy and I to have worked together and created the company that we have currently. Another thing was taking personal time. We, um, you know, that clarity break, as they refer to it in EOS, it's hard to, to do that. But once you get in a routine of doing it, which I must say, I'm not 100% perfect at it, but, you know, it's evolving. Um, it really does free up your mind to uh, really think about the important things that you have to deal with on the day-to-day or even the big picture items that you need to focus on. And then, 
you know, the, the third thing for me is just taking care of ourselves. If Christy and I aren't healthy physically and mentally and spiritually, then it's going to be really hard for us to be good leaders for our team. And that that's something that there again, we've, we've, we've known, we've been told that for a long time, but we're finally starting to get the hang of it and realizing the benefits of doing so. Mm, well said. Christy Barber, how about you? Yes. So the three takeaways I would share with your listeners would be number one would be to identify the really exceptional qualities of your team so that you can really understand what your team culture is and then embrace that and share it with the world. The second would be uh, as you're developing leaders within your own company is understanding that those leaders have to lead others. And that's an entirely different skill set. So as leaders, we're teaching leaders to lead others. And that's something that's very important to the success of your long-term, um, your, your long-term team or the success of your long-term team. And then the third would be to have a passion outside of work that drives you and, and feeds your soul and um, allows you to be a light in someone else's life. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been a just absolute delight getting to not only see your faces, but also just spend some time with you. Um, what better treat could we have on a Friday than to get to, to hang out with you and catch up? And we're certainly looking forward to seeing you at market. Um, as always, it'll actually be Gil and I's first time together since, gosh, I think Christmas. Um, so we'll be all vaccinated and ready to go. And um, we really look forward to seeing you and your team. Uh, that's another thing I love about market and your team is I feel included in your team. Like your team members say hello to me. They have conversations with me. It's not just like, oh, we'll leave that to Christy and Christy. And um, I just want to definitely give you compliments on that and kudos to your team that you could take back to them because they're lovely. Um, all 14 of them are lovely and growing, right? So thank you. And we want you guys to come see us at our new office space at Condon Yards. We will definitely be there. Definitely. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Well, Aaron and Gail, thank you so much. We really appreciate not just today, but the many years of friendship and guidance and leadership that you guys have given us, we would not be where we are today and we wouldn't be having these clarity moments that we've shared with you today if it were not for your leadership and your guidance and friendship. So thank you very much for everything that you've done for us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Best wishes. See you at market. We hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to get in touch with Christy and Christy, please visit barberspingle.com and follow them on Instagram at barberspingle. Next week, interior designer Ginger Curtis, owner and principal designer of Urbanology Designs in North Richland Hills, Texas, will be joining us. She recently published her first book on design called Beauty by Design, in which she also recounts how she overcame a number of personal challenges and gain the confidence to start her own business. Be sure to save the date for our upcoming five-day financial challenge, September 27th through October 1st at noon Eastern. I will be sharing more details about how to register for this next week. See you soon. Mm-hmm.